All right, folks, welcome back to the TD Garden. Ninth floor of the TD Garden here as the Warriors are leading UNH 2-1 to at the end of two periods in the hockey semifinal. Boston College won the first semifinal 5-4, to so the winner of this game plays BC tomorrow night at 7 for the Hockey East Championship. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy, and joining us for the second intermission, Mike McMahon is with us from the WarriorRinkRat.com blog and also Eagle Tribune. Uh, com in the Eagle Tribune uh, out of uh, North Andover and Lawrence. And uh, first of all, Mike, uh, you guys have been pretty busy over there at the Tribune. Uh, tell us a little about some of the coverage you've had lately. Uh, well, we've got two here guys here tonight, myself and uh, actually my boss, Bill Burt, the sports editor. Uh, but we've been rolling out a, a, a sub-site of our website, eagletribune.com backslash Merrimack College Hockey. Uh, we did a special pull-out section a little earlier in the year. We're going to be doing another one this week. I think it's going to run either Wednesday or Thursday in preparation for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I've had a story in the paper, it seems like, every day for the past two weeks. Uh, so a, a lot of coverage uh, that we've had so far and, and certainly a lot of coverage coming up. You know, we'll have, we'll have two, uh, two or three stories. Uh, actually, I think we're filing between the two of us three stories from tonight's game and then potentially tomorrow as well. Well, let's talk about this game here. Uh, through two periods of play, it's funny because Although they played well in spurts, I feel like the Warriors still haven't necessarily played their best hockey of the night yet. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't think the first period, and it's funny because the first period they came out of it with a 2-1 lead, I didn't really think they played their best hockey at all. I actually thought it was, you know, take the score out of it, it was a pretty poor period, especially defensively. I thought UNH was able to get to the net a little more than they would have liked. Uh, but in the second period, I thought they had some better stretches to play there in the second, but I agree with you. I don't think they played their best hockey yet. Certainly not... The, I mean, we've seen them play their best hockey this year. They've, they've done it for pretty large stretches, and, and I don't think we've seen that yet here. What's impressed me the most is the way that uh, defensively they've been able to frustrate UNH and make it difficult for them to get pucks to the net, and I know that was one of the things that UNH coach Dick Umilly talked about out of the third meeting between the teams, the one that Merrimack won in overtime on, on the overtime goal by Jordan Haywood. Uh, he talked about how he felt they needed to get even more. I think they had 40 shots in the game. He thought they, they still needed to get more shots to the net because they had 80 shots attempted. Well, there's been an awful lot of pucks tonight that have been knocked away by Warriors sticks. I mean, you have, the, the, in my mind, a huge play by Kyle Bigos right there on the doorstep to knock away uh, the puck from Phil DeSimone. And, and just seems like that's what they've been doing is getting in lanes like they need to do and blocking shots, getting their sticks in the way. Uh, that, that is something that when they do that makes it very, very tough for the other team. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about it last night uh, at the end of the awards banquet. Stylistically speaking, these teams don't match up at all. I mean, the, the type of games that, the type of game that Merrimack wants to see take shape and the type of game that UNH wants to see take shape are two completely different things. And I thought it was going to be the team that's able to enforce their will a little bit and enforce the game to be played the way they want it to be played that was going to come out of here with a win tonight. And, and so far, you know, outside of the spurts where it's been pretty even and up and down and not a whole lot going on, uh, when one team has imposed its will, you know, I think it's been Merrimack, especially in the, in the defensive end, like you said, getting their sticks and bodies in front of bucks and, and just really not letting them get to a real grade-A area, keeping them the outside of that, especially in the power play. UNH's first power play of the night, they're set up in the umbrella, and I don't think they got anything deep other than the top three guys. You know, the, the top three guys sort of shuffled the puck back and forth, and nothing got down in deep or even into the corners because Merrimack wouldn't allow it. And that power play UNH had in the second period after the Matson penalty, uh, they, they couldn't get anything going. Again, the, the same thing happened. Yeah, four or five clears there by Merrimack in the penalty kill. And just again, like you said, getting sticks and bodies and lanes, not letting UNH get anywhere near the insides of the circles or, or anywhere near Joe Canada. I guess if there's one negative that you want to talk about at this point, I mean, I think that the power play the first time out didn't really get anything going. Uh, 
very limited time, but we, we saw John Heffernan playing on that unit. I didn't think he looked bad. I just thought that in general they weren't able to get much going. Yeah, you know, I thought Heffernan had a pretty good chance. Probably the best chance of the night at the power play down there on the doorstep, sort of playing that net for presence guy, and he was down on the, uh, he was down, I think it was on Jalamo's Walker side, I think right. it is, and, and, and jamming at a puck there trying to stuff past him, and he got tied up by a defender. But, uh, yeah, you know, I absolutely agree. I think the power play is going to be important. Uh, moving forward here into the third period, you're not going to get many chances. There hasn't been many, uh, you know, called in this game. You might get one, maybe two more coming up here in the third. So, uh, and in a one-goal game, you know, UNH gets that power play goal, they tie it. You get that power play goal if you're Merrimack, and maybe you start to pull away a little bit. Yeah, and, and they've had, uh, I thought that they've had opportunities at times. Of course, so did UNH back, especially in the first period. But uh, opportunities, you just wonder if the chances they had in the first part of the second period when they weren't able to get a goal out of it, whether or not that's going to come back to bite them. But again, as, as we said, UNH could say the same thing about the second half of the period. So uh, probably fitting that it was a scoreless and a tie period. Uh, third period coming up here, the Warriors leading 2-1 to one and 20 minutes to the championship game tomorrow night here. What are they talking about down there? What do they need to do? Defensively, I don't think they have to change a thing. I mean, I, I, like I said, in the first period, I thought they struggled quite a bit defensively in the D zone, but they tightened that up in the second period, did a much better job getting sticks and bodies in, in lanes. Uh, defensively, I think they've played, you know, the last 20 minutes played pretty well. Offensively, I, I would just keep throwing pucks, you know, keep throwing pucks to the net because I think he's had a hard time controlling his rebounds. Uh, you know, it's an area of struggle that I thought Dan Sullivan had remained last week as well, and Merrimack was able to capitalize on it. So the more pucks that you get to the net, and, and, you know, hey, if nothing else, that first goal that was disallowed by, by UNH was a dump on net. You know, it just goes, goes to show you what can happen sometimes. Tricky plays, you get the puck on net, strange things happen. It happened to be offside, the goal gets called back, but still, the puck ended up in the net. So it's a matter of an inch of throw puck on net. Uh, we're just wondering, what was the, the feeling? The, for the folks who don't know, we have a, have a booth here now at the TD Garden. Michael usually is pretty close to us in the press box. is down the other end. Uh, uh, what were they saying out there amongst the, the, uh, the rest of the media about that play? None of us had any clue what they were reviewing. <laughs> yeah, until, until we got a replay on, on one of our monitors, uh, I even turned to, to the guys next to me and I said, what are they looking at? You know, it was a dump that, that took a bad bounce and bounced over his glove. I, I just don't know what you're reviewing. Nobody was in the crease. And it didn't even occur to me that there could have been a man offside. So uh, until until we saw the replay, and the replay was, was pretty clear. I mean, he was offside by, by five or six feet at least. So it was pretty clear once we saw him. But at first, uh, none of us knew exactly what they were looking at. You know, interesting question, something for the post-game press conference. Uh, I, they didn't go immediately to look at it. I'm, one of the officials was over discussing with Mark Denny. I wonder if he asked for the review. He may have, you know, and, and there was a player next to that UNH player as well. I noticed on the replay, so I wonder if, and, and I don't know who the player was. But the player go over to the bench and say, "Hey, coach, you know, you should have to take a look at this. The guy was outside." But it's funny. I, I was thinking after the first after the, the first period, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that can can kill you early on in a game, giving up a goal 25 seconds in. But uh, where it gets called back like that, you know, I almost wonder is that what what sort of lit a spark? You know, is that is that the play as tricky as it, you know, as sort of fluky as it was that allows you as a Merrimack team that hasn't been here, maybe you're wound a little tight, maybe there's a tension there to sort of just shake loose and say, okay, you know what, it's a hockey game. It's, it's the same thing we've done all year. Uh, I wonder if, if in the long run, you know, that play ends up being a good thing for us. All right, Mike, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, once again, uh, give a plug for the blog and the Tribune. Thanks, Mike. It's www.eagletribune.com. You can actually get to our sub-site by going to eagletribune.com slash Merrimack College Hockey. And then the blog, as always, is www.warriorrinkrat.com.
What's the interest like tonight? Uh, you know what? I, I expected it to be a little slow because I, there's a lot of people here. Uh, but I think we've got we've got a lot of out of towners. I think on the block there, and a couple of guys that have said, "Hey, I'm in Florida. I can't get to the game." So uh, we've had some good traffic tonight. All right, thanks, Mike. Good to see you as always. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Mike. That is Mike McMahon's been our guest. The score after two is Merrimack two, UNH one.